2: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: Brock Purdy
3: has been cleared to return, but does that mean it's all systems go for the 49ers? Also, Jalen Brown got the bag from Boston. And should the Mets be sellers at the deadline? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
3: Mark Twain once said, the coldest winter I ever had was summer in San Francisco. It was the proverbial good news, bad news. Good news, it's summer, bad news, it's freezing. Well, it was that kind of day in San Francisco when Brock Purdy got cleared and we got word Nick Bosa was holding out. Locked on 49ers host Brian Peacock joins me now. And Brian, let's start with the quarterback part of this. Because we did not know what the status would be for Brock Purdy as the 49ers got set to open training camp. So, how does this piece of news affect the way that you view the starting quarterback job for the 49ers in 2023?
4: Yeah, Peter, it's a nearly miraculous recovery for Brock Purdy. And uh, it was supposed to be a six month recovery, which would have put him exactly at kickoff weekend from when he had his surgery. And Four and a half months later, he's been cleared with, you know, some very few limitations and maybe on a pitch count a little bit, but um, I was not expecting until today to hear that he was fully cleared to start training camp, just like the rest of his teammates were starting training camp. So uh, that's really important for Brock Purdy. It's really important for Kyle Shanahan to um, fully evaluate Brock Purdy, how good his arm is and and what that condition is coming off of that surgery so he doesn't have to guess going into week one if it was you know the week before or two weeks before that he was cleared before the season um and in some odd ways it might not might even be better for say trey lance and sam darnold because they have Mm. somebody to compete with potentially rather than competing with a ghost this guy that just went on an amazing run last year in december and january and you're competing with that uh, and that would have been nearly impossible in the eyes of, I think, Kyle Shanahan or anybody else to be somebody that you could actually beat out for that quarterback one job. Now it's Brock Purdy's job to lose right now. He is the, the QB one, um, but I don't think it's over necessarily either. So this is going to be an interesting one and it's going to be very important for Brock Purdy uh, to prove that he's healthy and prove that he's the same guy and not step back and maybe even take a step forward. And then it's important for Trey Lance and Sam Darnold to battle for whatever's left behind that. And. Uh, They've got Brandon Allen too, who deserves to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. That's four guys. They're not going to break camp with four quarterbacks. So they've got one too many. So there is a competition, whether it's for QB one less likely than it is for QB two at this point.
3: Yeah. And there is an obsession among some 49ers fans in media with Sam Darnold for reasons that I don't quite understand, but um, that is, that is your purview, Brian. So, so you can maybe explain that to me offline at some point, let's talk about Nick Bosa because This has been, uh, in a lot of ways, the, the summer of the holdout. Saquon Barkley had a very brief holdout. Josh Jacobs set to hold out. Chris Jones in Kansas City is already holding out. And now Nick Bosa probably hoping to get to that $30 million a year number, something that Chris Jones probably also looking to get to. So what is the impact of this holdout on the 49ers, particularly their financial flexibility moving forward?
4: Yeah. I believe complex was the word used in, in this negotiation. And when you have one of the top players in the league, he's probably asking to top what Aaron Donald is getting as the highest paid, you know, defensive player in the NFL. Yeah. Um, And he's probably going to get $30 million a year. Now does he get 32 and a half million? Does he get 33 million? So they might be, you know, uh, in a tight little spot there where they're trying to figure out what that dollar value is. And then, you know, is there the other offsets and any other language in the contract that, that, you know, teams can use and agents can use as leverage against each other. And look, deadlines can make deals sometimes. And we saw that with Saquon Barkley and maybe we'll see that with Nick Bosa. And um, they've done some really big deals and and some other somewhat complex, maybe not to this degree, deals recently. It was uh, Fred Warner, it was Debo Samuel last year. And before that it was George Kittle. So they've done big deals at the top of positional markets. So they should be no stranger to getting this done. All those deals got done right around the start of camp, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it's done in the next 48 hours because camp is now going. Um, but yeah, um, is it going to be a record-breaking contract for just defensive ends, or is it going to be re- record-breaking contracts for defensive linemen, including Aaron Donald, is the only question I have.
3: Quickly, Brian, do you think there is any staring contest going on between Chris Jones and Nick Bosa, which we kind of thought there would be with quarterbacks, Justin Herbert? Is he waiting for Joe Burrow? Is Joe Burrow waiting for him? Those guys could be looking at each other like, hey, you go first so I can top you. No, you go first so I can top you.
4: Yeah, you want to be the last guy for sure. <laughs> right. uh, I have a feeling coming off the defensive player of the year being a two, the number two overall pick in the draft, the pedigree that Nick Bosa has, I have a feeling he's going to make more no matter what. So um I think that's not an issue at all to me. I think whatever Chris Jones signs for, and he deserves a lot of money, it's going to come in less than Nick Bosa, no matter who signs first.
3: Stay up to date all year on the San Francisco 49ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On 49ers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Celtics are hanging on to Jalen Brown for a little while longer. Before we get to that, Justin Herbert joined the ranks of professional athletes who got absolutely paid on Tuesday. Make your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, you bet $20 and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, that's $200. You can spend everything from the money line to betting the point total to who's going to hit the first home run. We've got a subway series. The Mets and the Yankees face off in the Bronx. In the Bronx, FanDuel likes the Yanks to get the win and has them minus 152 on the money line. Of course, you can also combine multiple profits in a single game for a bigger payout. FanDuel's same game parlay. I should do the whole show like that. on an app that's safe and secure. No, I won't. And super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
5: Justin Herbert's net worth is about to go way up. Today is a great day to be a Chargers fan because Justin Herbert has just signed a massive contract extension. This is Daniel Wade here from Locked On Chargers here to commemorate a historic day in franchise history as Ian Rapport and others are reporting that Justin Herbert has signed a five-year $262.5 million contract extension making him the highest paid player in NFL history and it's hard to say he doesn't deserve it. He's been unprecedented over his first three seasons with the most total touchdowns, most passing yards, most 300-yard games in NFL history and in an era with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, the Chargers have now locked up a guy who gives them a chance against those behemoths every Sunday. Most franchises go their entire existence without having a quarterback as talented as Justin Herbert, who is the most talented quarterback in Chargers history, and it feels like we're only scratching the surface of what this guy can really do. It's an exciting time, and the future is bright in Los Angeles. For the full breakdown, make sure to check out the Locked On Chargers podcast. Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
3: Speaking of getting paid, you may have woken up to the news about Saquon Barkley yesterday morning returning to the New York Giants in a one-year deal. He got paid, but only sort of.
2: Crisis averted as the New York Giants and running back Saquon Barkley have agreed on a modified one-year franchise tag contract worth up to $11 million, slightly more than the $10.1 million franchise tag amount. The deal includes just under $1 million in likely-to-be-earned and not-likely-to-be-earned incentives related to touchdowns, receptions, and rushing yards. And it also includes a $2 million signing bonus. But more importantly, the deal removes a potentially huge distraction from the Giants' summer training camp that begins today, in that Barkley will now be with his teammates this summer as the New York Giants get ready for year two of the Brian Dable era. For more on this story, keep it here on the Lock on Giants podcast.
3: The Dallas Cowboys thought, hey, why not us? Jerry Jones is not gonna let a bunch of people throw around money and not get involved. They signed their all-pro cornerback Trevon Diggs to a five-year, $97 million extension.
4: Coming into the 2023 offseason, the Dallas Cowboys had several big names that they needed to re-sign, and it looks like the first one has been signed. Hi, I'm Landon McCool with the Locked On Cowboys podcast, and the Dallas Cowboys have signed Trayvon Diggs to a five-year deal worth up to $100 million with a $21 million signing bonus. And it it basically could not come at a better time. The Cowboys already were dealing with a potential holdout for Zach Martin. They needed to get some of these deals in place to kind of set their contract deals in order so that they can have the room they needed to sign deals with Zach Martin, CeeDee Lamb, uh, eventually Terrence Steele, and obviously Dak Prescott as it comes down the road. So what does this mean for the Cowboys? Well, the Cowboys got a really great deal. This deal, just on the outside, before we get into all the funny money, it looks like basically just under $20 million a year.
3: Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh is facing a possible four-game suspension due to recruiting violations. Harbaugh faces a level one violation due to not cooperating with an NCAA recruiting investigation. The suspension and negotiation are not finalized, but reports are Harbaugh is facing the possibility of missing the first four of Michigan's season. That would leave him out for the Wolverines matchups with East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. Not exactly a murderer's row there. On the diamond, the Angels are stacking wins just as people suspect them of being sellers after getting a white-knuckle extra inning win over the Tigers.
1: A word of advice if you ever find yourself uh, hosting a podcast for your favorite baseball team, don't type out The final score tweet until the third out is completed in the ninth inning. What's going on, everybody? John Frisch, one half of Locked On Angels. Look, the Angels were cruising right along against the Tigers on Tuesday as Griffin Canning went five innings pitch with eight strikeouts. Mike Moustakis got the scoring started early. Taylor Ward, Renhifo, those guys add on with some good base running from Andrew Velasquez and Shohei Otani. And then the ninth inning happened. There was an error to start the inning on Renjifo. Carlos Estevez gives up a couple of hits. It runs. Then there's a ground rule double over the wall that Mickey Moniak got turned around on. It caused the game to go to 6-6 six, six, and then extra innings. Fortunately, the Angels were able to come back and score. And then Aaron Lu shut it down. Surprise, surprise. There we go. Going into loop mode. All right, friends. We'll talk about this one on Lockdown Angels. We hope you'll join us
2: is another story you need to know
3: he's now the highest paid player in nba history jalen brown finally signs a five-year 304 million dollar deal john corrales from locked on celtics joins me now and and john this was the most this was all of it this was the max the true max for the boston celtics and jalen brown we're going to get to the why did this take so long part of this in a second but first. There were plenty of questions about the future of Jalen Brown in Boston, some of the trade rumors and those kinds of things. Does a commitment like this put that stuff to bed? Uh, Actually, no, (laughs) it doesn't.
0: It actually keeps them going because of the new collective bargaining agreement. And it's weird that you'd think it would. And I think under old circumstances, under the old CBA, it would have. But now the Celtics get super expensive and there's a second apron to worry about and as currently constituted next year's team, not this upcoming season, but the following season, that team's already over the second apron. And that's because Jalen will be making about $50 million in year one. And they have Christoph's Brazingis, and they have Jason Tatum, and they have three other players making eight figures. So there's a lot of money there. And because of that second apron and how restrictive it makes things, and how punitive the, the repeater tax has become, I don't think this team is is sustainable moving forward. Maybe you get two more seasons of Brown, Porzingis, and Tatum, but then after that, it's kind of up in the air. So I don't think it's a given that Jalen Brown plays out his entire deal in Boston.
3: So how much of that do you think plays into this question about when this was signed? Because it seems like the move now, if you're an NBA superstar, is whether you're happy in your current place or not. Let me sign and get all of the money, and then I will pull a James Harden or a Ben Simmons or a maybe Damian Lillard. Certainly, the trade request was there, on Anthony Davis, and say, okay, now send me where I want to go, a Bradley Beal, who got that no trade clause. If you're Jalen Brown, certainly I'm not turning down $300 million, and if this doesn't work out, I can figure this out. Have we not been talking enough about this prospect from a team standpoint given the new rules now like hey let's just get this guy and then we can figure it out too well i think that's what it is you you have to give him this
0: contract you have to but because you're in these positions right because there is a max when a guy qualifies for it you have to give it to him you can't play these games because then he'll say you know what i won't sign the extension i'm going to play out this last year i'll just enter free agency and the new the new rules do make it so the next team can give him kind of close to what he's getting here and it'd be four years instead of five, but yeah, sure. It's one, one less year. I can get to that next deal a year sooner. So the, the way the rules work you kind of have to make this deal and it it works this way for both guys, both sides. Jalen can say, Hey, let's see how this goes. And if in two, three years, I'm not happy here anymore, I can ask out and the Celtics can say, We'll see how this goes. They just traded for Christoph Porzingis, and I think that was part of why this took so long. They traded for Porzingis. Now let's see because this new CBA makes it so teams are probably only going to be able to keep two stars. It's not going to be a three-star league. Uh, I don't think three stars and a bunch of minimums is going to work. So one of these guys is going to be the odd man out. It's just a matter of which two guys fit best together. And if it's not Jalen Brown, the Celtics will have to turn around and say, hey, we're,
3: I know we're two years into a five-year deal, but we got to move you. Stay up to date all year on the Boston Celtics by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Celtics on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, should the Mets be sellers at the deadline?
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
3: The New York Mets have not had the year they expected. After setting the bar very high on spending this past offseason, they have not yet won the amount of games they expected to. Not by a long shot. Because of that, Locked On Mets host Ryan Finkelstein worries if they shouldn't be sellers at the deadline.
6: I think the Mets got to sell. And not just sell, sell whatever they can. And the reason I believe that they should do that is because simply, you're not going anywhere this year. I just can't, without fan bias, tell you that the Mets are going to win anything of significance this year. And as much as you could say, all right, what can they get back? We're going to get to that. On Saturday's show with Arm Layton, where we were talking about the MLB draft, we also mentioned the Shohei Ohtani trade package that got away. And essentially, it was out of me and Arm's conversations with each other and him joking with me as a Mets fan saying, hey, dude, you know the Mets had a package that could have got Shohei Ohtani or anyone in baseball that didn't make these trades over the last couple of years? And one of them was the Javi Baez trade where the Mets sent out Pete Crow Armstrong. The other ones were small trades. It was getting Joey Lucchesi in a three-team deal. giving up Andy Rodriguez at the time, a young catcher who no one cared about. Now he's a top 100 prospect who just debuted and is starting for the pirates. And then there was Hector Rodriguez that was in the Tyler Naquin trade of all deals last year. So sometimes you can be on the absolute losing side of a deal where you just give up something you don't think matters. And that prospect blooms. You also could be on the winning side of it. And if you take as many cracks at it as you can, you might be able to find something that ends up being extremely valuable in a couple of years.
3: Here's why this makes sense to me. Steve Cohen came in as the new owner of the Mets and said, we're going to do everything. We're going to suspend and fire the right people. We're going to pay top of market money. We're not going to cheap out on the roster. We're going to pay Max Scherzer, the moon and the fan base coalesced behind him. They said, great, Steve. That's awesome. You're awesome. Thank you so much. You can't blame Steve Cohen. You can't blame ownership for once for not putting together a team with talent. And so if you're Steve Cohen, you can then go to your fan base and say, look, we tried. We really I mean, we really tried. You guys saw all the money I poured into this team and it didn't work. The best path forward for us now is to sell off these parts and try and build it another way. And you've seen me on the business side. I have the best analytical minds in finance. Let me do this. Give me the runway because you know I will spend, but this is going to be a longer process than we all want. You know I live and die with this team just like you guys do. I think fans would give him that leeway. They would give him the rope to say, okay, okay, Steve, we're with you because we trust you because we've already seen you spend the money. We know you will do that. So let's try it this other way. And finally, Lionel Messi is... Inevitable, In his first start from Miami, Messi notched a pair of goals and an assist as Miami crushed Atlanta 4-0. The kicker for all this is Messi is getting to play with longtime Barcelona teammate Sergio Busquets. The two spent 13 years together in Barcelona. This incredible performance comes after his first game when he came in and was absolutely unbelievable, including kicking the game winner. Just storybook stuff here. This could not have gone any better so far for Messi and more importantly for Miami. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, why is the MLB trade deadline so quiet right now? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.